Hey guys, Merry Christmas Eve, or should I say Air of Christmas. I am going to start off with a little bit of news and then talk about Jesus and then give you all the rest of the news. So welcome to Hatikva News. I am Hope. I put on a kitty cat Christmas shirt and let's chat. So Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke this evening with U.S. President Joe Biden and expressed his appreciation for the U.S. position at the U.N. Security Council. The Prime Minister made it clear that Israel would continue the war until all of its goals have been achieved. And President Herzog gave an Israel war update on CBN News. So if you want to go check that out, Go watch it after this. And so the little air of Christmas Eve joke, it is because in Judaism, we start all of our all of our holidays the night before. So that's Erev. So the night of, the night before, we do all of our holidays. Like they always start at sundown the night before. So let's talk about Jesus. First, let me bring up this map. Let's see. Here we go. So this is a map of Israel. And, sorry, let me, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to, <laughs> okay. This is a map of Israel. As you can see, we have Bethlehem and Nazareth. All right, keep those spots on the map for you. So, Roman Emperor Augustus, he demanded that all of the Roman world, including the Hebrew people, return to their ancestral homeland in order to be taxed. A decree from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all of the inhabited earth and all were proceeding to register for the census. And then that was pushing everybody to go back to their own city, their ancestral homeland. Okay. So, uh, a few loose quotes from the Bible. Okay, we have Luke uh, chapter 2 verse 1. Joseph, originally from Bethlehem, must escort the pregnant Mary on an arduous journey to his home city 90 miles away because of Emperor Augustus Augustus's decree. So the Roman-occupied land, not at a time or place that the Hebrews were in control over their own fate. Rome was in control of these people. Hebrew families were under brutal occupation of a foreign entity known as the Roman Empire. Mary and Joseph took this journey. They arrived to a crowded Bethlehem. It was at capacity. There was no lodging available. So Mary gave birth, most likely in a stable. And she wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes and then laid Jesus in the manger. So, for any Jews watching who don't know the story of Christmas, that's the first part of it. 
And for any Christians watching, you can, of course, fact check me and write anything you want in the comments. Now, Matthew and Luke make known to the miraculous birth to a, in a few different ways. They inform people in a few different ways. So, in Matthew, God conveys the news through a wondrous morning star. It serves as a beacon for foreign dignitaries who travel hundreds of miles to pay homage to the infant Jesus. That's Matthew 2.9. Now, Luke is a little different. The message of birth is carried by an angel. It is delivered not to powerful foreigners, but to the local people of the area who were mostly humble inhabitants like farmers and woodchoppers and things like that. In Luke 2.8, he calls it the city of David. I just want to point that out. Okay, so let's move on to the Christmas manger. Here is an AI-generated photo of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So the birth of a child is a wonderful moment for any family. But in this case, the story of the birth of Jesus here is a birth that definitely has some bigger meaning for a bigger family, for the family of Israel, for the family of humankind. One man's birth turns the whole world upside down. A new fate would challenge the old order. Jesus, claiming to be the son of God, would be seen as a threat to Caesar. Jesus's threat to Caesar, who also claimed to be the son of God himself, or to be God himself. They become two charismatic leaders, each asserting their divinity, which in turn offers a revolutionary choice for the future. For millions of people, Caesar, as divine, made sense. Caesar owned the legions, he controlled the Mediterranean world, he brought peace to it, and lived in a palace over the Palatine Hill in Rome. But over here is another story, a counter story. The story that says that no, God is not God of power and violence incarnate in Caesar. But God is the Jewish God of justice and righteousness incarnate in a little child who was born in a tiny country, an occupied colony of Roman Empire, born just about as low as you can imagine. So here is a clash of two gods. So the question of the story, and it is the Christmas question, where is your God? Is your God in power or in justice? Take your choice. Now, because this is a channel about Judaism and Israel, I know that I am not a preacher. I am not Christian. If anybody would like to fact check me on anything, feel free to write it in the comments. Feel free to contact me. This is a little research I've done. I did more research 
about Jesus and the Bible and mysticism and Kabbalah that I'd like to talk with you all tomorrow on Christmas Day about, so feel free to join me then. I want to mention a couple more things about Jesus right now, and then I will head to the news. So I would like to pull this image up. Jesus was indeed a Jew. The term Jewish refers to both a religious and ethnic identity. In terms of his physical appearance, there is no definitive historical evidence or description of Jesus's physical features. However, given his heritage and the geographical region of his birth and upbringing, it is likely that he had typical Middle Eastern features. So, Jesus was born into a Jewish family and he grew up observing Jewish customs and traditions. Throughout his life, Jesus engaged in Jewish religious leaders, taught in synagogues, engaged in debates with these leaders, and he celebrated Jewish festivals such as Passover and observed Jewish customs, including Sabbath, which is Shabbat, and practiced different ritual purification methods. I also find it interesting something I want to talk about more tomorrow. In Judaism, we have the mikvah, which is a purification in water. And in Christianity, you have baptism, which is where you're baptized in water. I think it's very interesting that there's many correlations between Judaism and Christianity. So his teachings were rooted in Jewish scripture and ethics, and he often referenced the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, in his teachings. It is important to note that Christianity emerged from within the Jewish community, and Jesus's followers initially identified as Jewish believers. He preached about love, forgiveness, redemption, he performed miracles, and gathered a group of disciples. Jesus was eventually crucified by the Romans, not the Jews, which we can talk about more tomorrow. But according to Christian belief, he rose from the dead three days later, demonstrating his victory over sin and death. So that's my little speech about Jesus on Christmas Eve. I hope everybody had a wonderful night with their family. Thank you for watching. And now let's talk about the news in Israel, which is really more my forte. So, there has been a lot happening, and I know that I wasn't on here with you yesterday, so we have a lot to catch up on. In Judea and Samaria, there was anti-terror suppression activity, which has been continuing throughout the weekend, with firefights last night in Tolkram and Noor al-Sham's camps, the troops being attacked with IEDs and areas blocked with burning barricades and forces operating in Bethlehem. Something I'd also like to point out is Bethlehem has canceled their Christmas celebrations. Many Christian churches throughout Israel, Judea and Samaria, and I think there's like one church in Gaza. I think there's like about a thousand Christians in Gaza that may or may not be allowed to practice Christianity. Um, anyways, all Christian festivities have been canceled. It's um, really sad. It's very, very sad. So 
a lot happening. Now, there has been smuggling of weapons and counterfeit coins stopped. An industrial milling machine weighing several tons and 10 meters long was received in a container in Ashdod port from Turkey. The destination was to Shechem Nablus, which is in Judea and Samaria. Custom testings find inside the milling machine were thousands of parts of automatic weapons and assault rifles, as well as molds for counterfeiting counterfeiting 10 shekel coins. 10 shekels is about $2. So honestly, that seems kind of weird. Like if you're going to counterfeit money, at least, I don't know, do better than 10 shekel coins. But anyways, we'll move on. A little weather update. It is now winter. It's also winter in Israel. There have been heavy rains throughout Israel with an extreme drop in temperature. The past few days, I have linked a link. I posted a link where you can help donate uh, thermal wear to the soldiers who are in Judea and Samaria, Gaza, Israel, everywhere they're fighting. A lot of them are located in Mount Hermon. That's the border with Lebanon. It's very, very cold up there. Sometimes we can even go skiing in better, better times. All right. Let's transition to Gaza. There is so much happening in Gaza. So there's rocket barrages from Gaza into Berry and surroundings. Thank God everybody from the Gaza envelope has been evacuated. It is a military zone. Hamas attacks Gazans looting aid trucks before Hamas can steal them. In videos from Rafa, which I have for you, in southern Gaza, Hamas policemen shoot at a crowd of people taking goods from the AIDS trucks before they reach Hamas warehouses and supplies disappear underground. Yeah, so as I've been saying, Hamas keeps stealing aid and the citizens of Gaza are really at this point going like very, very hungry. It's absolutely horrible. There is a, a ton of aid constantly being sent into Gaza and it's not getting to the people. Hamas is stealing it all. And I know I have said this for days and days and days. Now I have some proof for you. Sadly, one child was shot with a significant group of a family demanding immediate price of blood from Hamas and they are burning tires enough of me talking let me show you the footage i have three different videos they're all sort of similar but i'm going to play them all for you
Okay guys, so I know that was kind of hard to watch, but I really wanted to show exactly what is happening in Gaza. I always show you what is happening from the IDF's perspective and what the IDF is doing. I'm very transparent with that and I want to also show you what Hamas is doing. Hamas needs to go and that is just more proof for you. So currently 129 hostages remain in Gaza with confirmation from the IDF that 22 of them held by Hamas have tragically lost their lives. And the battles in Gaza increase in intensity while getting more complicated with reports of civilian women and children acting as spotters for the enemy at the same time as troops needing to be on the lookout for hostages. Hamas prisoner confirms that they are using transport using children to transport explosives because the IDF won't shoot them. Correct. The IDF does not want to harm children and civilians. And Hamas knows this. <sighs> it's really, it's tough, you guys. So, those are a few of the soldiers who have passed. I wanted to show their faces. Okay, so because the IDF accidentally shot three hostages last week, they have learned some lessons from this. So the combat units are facing impossible situations. In Cañones, they spotted unarmed suspects this week and they delayed a bit due to doubt and received an RPG volley. Terrorists in the city are using the children and women, as I spoke about, as observers and unarmed men who ride a motorcycle with a child, spot and report our, our forces' positions who are then targeted. And it's really, it's, it's causing a lot, a, a lot of issues. So IDEA spokesperson Rear Daniel Hagari so far, our forces have destroyed and seized around 30,000 explosive devices, including anti-tank missiles and rockets that were in Hamas's possession. I'm going to show you some of that video footage and pictures here in just one minute. The loss over the weekend is 14 soldiers, bringing the total casualties, I believe it's 156 now. There have been some like ongoing reports over the past two days of like updated fallen soldier numbers and at one point it said the total was 152. I was trying to do the math. I really think we're at 156 fallen soldiers since the operation against Hamas has started. Really, really tough stuff you guys. And I would like to just pull up this map. Here you can see Israel is always putting out these maps for the world, for Gazans, for Israelis, for everybody to see exactly 
what the map looks like in Gaza. Some of the area is finally under Israeli control. That's what our IDF has been trying to accomplish. Some of it is controlled by Hamas. As you saw from the video I showed, Hamas is brutal towards their own citizens. It's really, really insane. Um, so because of these 14 fallen soldiers over the past few days, there's a lot of different reports around how they died. I wrote all the notes for us so we could talk about it, but I have to be honest, I don't really want to talk about it. Instead, what I want to do is I want to pull up this man, this 20-year-old near is one of the fallen soldiers and he wrote a note before entering combat he said i believe with all my heart that what i am my team my company my idf and the idf as a whole will change the history books and lead us to a new era in which no terrorist organization will want to mess with us my spirit and everyone's spirit is very strong a fighting spirit without fear, a spirit of warriors, lions, war machines that we trained for two years for this moment. We are a cohesive and united people. Only together will we win. Am Yisrael Chai. May his memory be a blessing. Very, very young men that keep dying. Very young. I, I keep reporting them. They're 19, 20. Some of them are reserve soldiers, so they're in their 30s. It's their whole lives ahead of them. So the IDF and ISA have joined forces apprehending hundreds involved in terrorist activities in Gaza within the last week. Over 200 Hamas and Islamic Jihad operatives were brought to Israel for further questioning with some surrendering voluntarily. Unit 504 and the ISA played key roles in these operations, leading to the questioning of over 700 operatives from Gaza terrorist organizations. I have many videos and pictures for you now of what has happened over the last week. I'm gonna save my voice a little, and I'm just gonna start showing you all of this information.
Okay, my friends, and here are some photos for you. These are the IDF soldiers in the region that I just showed you. It is in Gaza City, uh, northern Gaza City. The town is called Isa. And you can see they're working hard. Just flipping through some of these images for you to get an idea of what the IDF soldiers are doing. Yes. And we'll just go backwards so I can delete them all out now. Okay, so they strategically maneuvered through the area and several terrorists were neutralized. Um, amidst the strike in Issa, armed terrorists attempting an assault were swiftly eliminated by the IDF sniper precision. The operation uncovered and dismantled additional terrorist infrastructure in the vicinity, including targeted strikes on buildings used as Hamas military sites. Now, moving to Bakshi in southern Gaza City, IDF forces uncovered a weapons cache concealed within a kindergarten, housing mortar shells, warheads, and RPG-type anti-tank missiles cleverly hidden in toy boxes. Of course, I have videos and images of that for you as well. אוכלוסייה רבה, לאחר פינוי אוכלוסייה נמצא במתחם אמצעי לחימה רבים שהסתתרו בין הציוד של האזרחים, נמצא בין היתר נשקים, מחסניות, לפטופים, מטענים ורימונים, בעלי מנגנוני הפעלה מתקדמים וחדישים So it's really just insane. And then here's one more image for you. So, yeah, they hide everything in mosques and it, it's just mosques, schools, civilian homes. They do not care about the people of Gaza, Hamas does not care about the people in Gaza. I know I say this all the time, but I have to prove it to you. Okay. Um, troops are still engaged in heavy battle in these areas, and they are engaging into new Hamas strongholds. Yes. Yes. Okay. Minister Nir Barkat, Barkat at the cabinet meeting says, I am worried. Unfortunately, we are too nice and too considerate. It is unthinkable that we would endanger our soldiers and send them exposed into all kinds of buildings without having bombed them beforehand. Surrendering to any external pressure, even if it's from our best friends, 
is a grave mistake for which we are paying heavily. Yes, 14 soldiers have died this weekend. All right. Now I have some information on the Jabalia camp. Still, we're still in Gaza, you guys. I have information on the entire Middle East situation right now. We're still in Gaza. Gaza's the hot spot. So um, let's watch some of these videos of Jabalia. ביצעה פעולה מורכבת לאיתור וחילוץ שני חטופים והשבתם הביתה. במהלך הפעולה נדרשנו לעבודה מקצועית מורכבת המביאה את כלל יכולות היחידות לקצה. נמשיך לעשות כל מה שנדרש בכל מקום שיהיו אנשינו, בעל קרקע ובתת קרקע. שלושת החללים שהוצאנו מפה היום וזה ערך עליון להביא את בני עמנו לקבורה ראויה בארץ ישראל. So that last video you saw there is the coordinated effort led by Unit 504 of the Intelligence Directorate. The IDF recovered the bodies of five hostages abducted on October 7th, providing closures for the families, Baruch Hashem. The forces then proceeded to demolish the subterranean headquarters. This operation is part of ongoing efforts to address Hamas's tunnel infrastructure targeting senior commanders and strategic capabilities. The IDF expresses condolences to the bereaved families and remains committed to returning the hostages and any fallen soldiers. The mission's completion in Jabalia marks a continuation of efforts with focus shifting to Khan Yunus in southern Gaza, which I showed you a little bit ago. Every single school in Gaza is a weapons depot. These raids on schools and the neighborhoods of Sheikh Radwan and Issa and other areas I've shown you, it's hundreds of weapons, means of warfare found, and terrorists hiding in these schools. They were eliminated and civilians were escorted out to safety. What they found, grenades, rifles, RPGs, missiles, explosives, and mines, I showed you all of that. I am giving you the proof. I'm giving you the proof. Hamas is hiding all of this in civilian places, it, which is a war crime. Just want to point out, that is a war crime. All right. And also, private, private civilian Gaza home has rocket launch controls in the fridge, in the refrigerator. All right. IDS spokesman, Real Admiral Daniel Hagari, he spoke again later this evening about these infrastructures, these workshops, emergency shelters, all used by Hamas and the Northern Commander Lead Ahmed Gondor during the October 7th attack on Israel. So, 
Gaza is a smorgasbord of chaos. We are losing soldiers left and right. However, the job is getting done. And thank you to our soldiers for risking and losing their lives for Israel and for the Jewish people. Now, let me move on to Lebanon. Lebanon has barrages of rockets all weekend. There have been rockets and drone attacks from Lebanon to Dovev and surrounding areas. As I mentioned, our soldiers are on the on the Lebanon border in Mount Hermon. It is freezing. If you would like to donate thermal wear, they would appreciate it. I've linked it in other videos. I'll link the link in this video when I'm done talking with you guys as well. In response, the IDF struck the sources of fire. Additionally, throughout the weekend, IDF artillery, artillery struck a number of areas in Lebanon and a short while ago, IDF fighter jets struck a military command center belonging to the Hezbollah terrorist organization. Furthermore, due to the launches fired from Lebanon towards Manara, which I spoke about yesterday, an IDF soldier in reserves was moderately injured from the shrapnel. The soldier was evacuated to a hospital receiving medical treatment. His family has been notified. May he heal quickly. The Lebanon fighting continues and bombing and firing artillery is regular. Hezbollah firing rockets, suicide drones, and anti-tank missiles regularly. Both sides going back and forth at each other. Lots of heavy bombing in southern Lebanon. So Israel's fighting back as we do. All right. A shipping update for all of you. The chaos that is going to cause inflation to rise even more. So there is a ship, a chemical oil tanker. What happens if that sinks? Yeah. So the Liberian-flagged, Japanese-owned, and Netherland-operated with an Indian crew. Wow, that is a mouthful. This trip was oil from Saudi Arabia to India. The Pentagon updated that the suicide drone was fired from Yemen, from 1,600 kilometers away, the ship being 380 kilometers from India at the time. How did they target it? Great question. The shipping attacks are all occurring in areas with Iranian vessels in the area. And there is one 40 kilometers away from where the ship was attacked. The U.S. has advised commercial ships to turn off their navigation trackers in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden area. This ship was nowhere near there, however, but maybe that's still good advice. I don't know. The Washington Post says the Iranian ship is stationed in the Red Sea, is targeting and enabling the Houthi attacks. Yeah, we know. Okay, and the Pentagon then, like, later updated and said, well, Yemen, Iran backed, or from Yemen, Iran, they don't know. They don't know. Um, another ship was attacked last night in the Red Sea by the Houthis, 92 kilometers from Yemen. So I spoke a few days ago about how there's, like, this 10-country coalition led by the United States, and I showed you the video, the, the Yemenite propaganda video of them like all excited about what they can do. 
And I said, oh, well, let's see. Let's see what happens, right? Well, I don't know what the 10 coalition country shipping Red Sea situation. I don't know what those 10 countries are doing right now because Yemen and Iran are having a field day. They're, they're having fun. Four suicide drones fired directly at a U.S. Navy destroyer, but the Navy destroyer shot them down. Okay, good job, U.S. Now, the Houthis threaten the world internet. A surprising amount of world internet and data traffic routes from Europe to Asia through the Red Sea, which means it passes Yemen in the Bab, Bab al-Mandab Strait. I've spoken about the Bab al-Mandab Strait before in my Modern Day Pirates video. That video is still relevant. Same thing happening here. And the Houthis tell us to get ready for the Stone Age. I wouldn't be scared except for the fact that I showed the Yemen propaganda video and I have another Yemen video for you now in a minute. The U.S. Navy ship fires at a Yemen plane, and the spokesman for the Houthis say an American warship opened fire, opened fire on a patrol plane belonging to the forces of the Yemeni Navy in the Red Sea, and this is a video of their response. The Houthis in Yemen, they're going to be a really serious problem. And this 10-country coalition who's supposed to be controlling the Red Sea really needs to get it together. Like, as of last week, they need to have gotten it together. So, all right. And Iran shows off. They have self-developed an anti-ship cruise missiles on helicopters for electronic warfare and intelligence. I'm not really sure what all of that means, but I don't like it. I don't like it. All right, now let's move on to Egypt. Egypt, a supposed peace deal. The Saudi Arabia channel Al Shark. Hamas delegation leaves Cairo with a three-phase Egyptian deal. Phase one, ceasefire for two or three weeks, during which Hamas will release 40 hostages, women, sick, and elderly men. Phase 2, Palestinian internal talks to establish a technocratic government. And Phase 3, the end of the war and a comprehensive prisoner exchange deal, meaning all Hamas mass murderers for the remaining Israel soldier hostage hostages who haven't been tortured to death. Yuck. Sick to my stomach. I would like to point out that just a few days ago, Israel offered a week-long ceasefire pause for the release of the remaining hostages. So that wasn't good enough for Hamas. Hamas wants all this other smorgasbord of chaos. I'm just going to keep saying that instead of the S show because I'm not supposed to swear on here. I don't know what YouTube will and won't allow. They allow all this other stuff. I don't know, you guys. All right, the head of Egyptian intelligence, Abbas Kamal, 
reportedly engaged in a direct conversation with Sinwar. I showed him in that car through that giant tunnel that then the IDF blew up, but Sinwar is still MIA. He keeps slithering away. Anyways, there has been communication through a secure line originating from Egyptian Rafa. So the Rafa border is on Gaza and Egypt. So on the Egyptian side, as stated by the Gaza Report Channel, don't know how reputable that is. Anyways, this communication aimed to personally solicit Sinwar's perspective on a potential agreement. The channel, known for its reliability... Yeah, right. Anyways, suggests a shift in regional dynamics concerning Gaza with Qatar positioned externally, while Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and the Emirates play an internal role. It sounds like they've been talking to Kamala Harris. (laughs) If nobody gets that joke, go watch her speech in Doha. It was absolutely ridiculous. All right, anyways... The presence of a secure line extending from Gaza to the Egyptian Rafa raises concerns about the potential continuity of the smuggling route between Egypt and Gaza. Yes. Yes. Agreed. All right, you guys. Last but not least, the U.S. gets Russia to agree to stop pro-Iranian militia attacks in Syria. I don't know how they did that. The U.S. and Russia have reached an agreement that the Russian army stationed in Syria will work to prevent firing at U.S. military bases in eastern Syria. Under Russian guidance, the Syrian army was informed that in accordance with the agreement, force would be used against pro-Iranian militia who would carry out offensive activity from the Deir Ez-Zor district towards U.S. military bases in Syria. This allows the U.S. to avoid directly responding against Iran while giving something to the Russians while they are actively supporting Ukraine against them. You guys, this is bizarre. I don't understand what is going on. I'd like an update on the 10-country coalition in the Red Sea. I cannot believe that somehow the U.S. and Russia are agreeing to something in Syria while the U.S. is on Ukraine's side, while Ukraine fights Russia. You guys, all of this is insane. Merry Christmas Eve. Let's see if I forgot to show you anything. I think we did it all. Um, Oh, here. I forgot this one thing. This is England right now. You guys, the world is completely upside down. I don't know what's going on. I'm here giving you the the news. I'm reporting it to you. I'm giving you the information. Make sense of it what you will. I tried my best. I'm going to see you tomorrow to talk about Jesus, his Judaism, Kabbalah, some Bible quotes. And I'm going to have a special guest with me, Stacy. Her and I talked a few weeks back. She's great. And it's going to be two Jewish women talking about Jesus. So join us if you want. Merry Christmas to you all. Much love. Be safe. Happy holidays.